The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Ed Pastor Billy Hahn, Jr., and I'd like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KJZZ, channel 14 of Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada, Idaho, and Wyoming, from 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, channel 20, Grand Junction, Colorado, and from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church is located at 1043 Middle Street, the headquarters of the Gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon. A landmark in Kali for over 90 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, used exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August 4, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr. in 1959, who continued the God's work to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is those of you in the hospitals and convalescent and homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. To begin our telecast this morning, our church choir under the direction of choir director Emilia Hahn will sing the song entitled, Just a Closer Walk with Thee. 
when we place our trust and faith in the Lord to lead and guide us day by day, the closer our walk with Him becomes. To be able to walk and talk with the Lord is a true blessing that we should strive for daily. Please join in and sing along with the choir following the words on your screen. I'm next the church band under the direction of yours truly who play a delightful rendition of the song Jesus is passing this way.
Coming up next is Associate Pastor Timothy Hahn Sr., who will sing this spirited number entitled, Goodbye World, Goodbye. Timothy is accompanied by George Trudeau on the piano, Associate Pastor Trustee Aaron Sproat Sr. and Mason Asano Sr. on the guitars, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, and Iris Locke on the drums. I've told all my troubles goodbye, goodbye to each tear and each sigh. This where when I roll cannot be my home, I'm bound for a land in the sky. I walk and I talk with my Lord, I feast every day on his word. Heaven is near and I can stay here, goodbye world, goodbye. Now don't you weep for me when I'm gone, cause I won't have to leave here alone. And when I hear that last trumpet sound, my feet won't stay on the ground. Gonna rise with a shout, gonna fly. Gonna ride with my Lord through the sky. Heaven is near and I can stay here. Goodbye world, goodbye. I won't have the blues anymore when I step across to that shore. And I'll never pine, for I'll leave behind my heartaches and tears evermore. A day, maybe two, then goodbye. Tomorrow I'll rise up and fly. Heaven is near and I can stay here. Goodbye, world, goodbye. Now don't you weep for me when I'm gone, cause I won't have to leave here alone. And when I hear that last trumpet sound, my feet won't stay on the ground. Gonna rise with a shout, gonna fly. Gonna ride with my Lord through the sky. Heaven is near and I can stay here. Goodbye, world, goodbye. Oh, when the roll is called up yonder, 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 I'll be there. I'm gonna rise with the shot, gonna fly, gonna ride with the Lord through the sky. Heaven is near and I can stay here. Goodbye, world. For the final song, the church choir will sing, Who Do You Say That I Am? Many know our Savior by various titles, but do they know who He is? For those who have accepted Him into your lives, we can praise and thank the Lord. We know our Savior's name, and His name is Jesus, who provided the way of salvation from our sins.
Now we call upon the talents of three siblings in life and in the Lord, that Carrillo ukulele trio. They will play an instrumental number entitled, I've Been Changed on the Ukuleles.
next musical selection will be sung by the Saints in Harmony with blended voices that will bring forth this encouraging rendition of It Pays to Serve Jesus. The Saints in Harmony are accompanied by Christy Hahn on the piano. This morning's song is dedicated to Mr. and Mrs. Mason and Tracy Asano, who faithfully serve the Lord and use their many God-given talents towards the gospel work. May the joy of the Lord shine upon your faces and may it continue to bless and both pressed down and overflowing in this life and that to come. Have a beautiful and blessed day. The service of Jesus true pleasure of course in him there is joy without an alloy tis heaven to trust him and rest on his words it pays to serve jesus each day it pays to serve jesus it pays every day it pays every step every step of the way though the pathway to glory may sometimes be step of the way. It pays to serve Jesus whatever may be tied. It pays to be true whatever you may do. Tis riches of mercy
Hi, and praise the Lord, everyone. Muscle Street Pastor Jose Jandak, and I would like to repeat our television time and station in the Canarias for being audience, especially if any you plan to visit or reside in California. The discalcast and I'll be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, Channel 13 in San Diego. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSE, Channel 13 in Palm Springs. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV, Channel 8, and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KVU-TV, Channel 20 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME, Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KACY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KGZO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KGZ-TV, Channel 14, all Salt Lake City, Utah, also Nevada, Idaho, and Wyoming. From 11 to 12 midnight on station KGBY-TV, Channel 20 in Grand Junction, Colorado. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about the gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit the website at JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel service in Homestead, Hawaii, service at the temple is Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel service at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begins at 10 a.m. And prayer service held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church, located at 1361 Palo Avenue, gospel services are held on Sundays and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighborhood branch churches. As services are also conducted by Pastor Resident Castaner Sr. in Kanaka Molokai, the Pastor Kenneth M. Alluria in Hainamari, the Pastor Walter I. Hilo in Hilo, Hawaii, the Pastor Leonard Kawana Sano Sr. in Kolo, Kauai, the Pastor Helen in Bogolo, Pikawayan, and Pastor Vespasari, President North Scotabata Minnao, Philippines. You're welcome to attend these services regarding the church affiliations. There are no collections. If you desire to voluntarily contribute to support this telecast and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And I would like to return our program back to Head Pastor Billy Ann Jr., who will bring forth a spirit-directed and spirit-invited sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Jose. Some of you in our viewing audience are undoubtedly wondering if the participants in our telecast are compensated in any way to perform in the choir band or special vocal and instrumental groups. My answer is an emphatic no. Let me reassure you all that every person you see in our telecast are bona fide members of the Apostolic Faith Church who give up their total rehearsal of performance times as well as their talents willingly for the heart, for the glory of God, and for absolutely no monetary gains of any kind. Contributions from our TV viewers are used, in fact, to help maintain these weekly telecasts, and through your generosity and financial help, I'm able to bring forth such sermons as the one I have prepared for today and entitled, Serving with Diligence. Today, telecast viewers, I have an urgent plea for you. I simply want to say it's time to come out of the world. This is no time to be compromising with sin. These are such perilous times in which we live with violence and aggression in our own so-called backyards. 
and such sordid events occurring is dry by shootings in residential areas and public parks, resulting in deaths and injuries, as well as fatal and horrendous terroristic bombings. Our only recourse is to depend on Jesus to make all crooked paths straight and to protect us with his precious blood and name. Thus, I invite you to partake of today's TV sermon. In the midst of all the bad publicity churches are receiving from the secular world, God's true church will continue to stand firm. It is evident that the sand in the Lord's hourglass is running out, coinciding that we are indeed living in perilous times. However, for the confident Christian, these are exciting times because his time is at hand. The Apostle Paul was very descriptive of the last days of the dispensation of grace. Indeed, sin is rampant. Unbelief and indifference is fueled every day through the hardened heart of man. Definitely, religion out of course will not save you. And on the other hand, ridiculing what God gave to mankind will not help you. Here at the Apostolic Faith Church, I can assure God is working. Souls are being saved. The sick and the suffering are made whole through faith, obedience, and patience. And His will, we are healed. And if not in this life, it is certain we shall be whole in the next life to come. Believers are being baptized by immersion in the name of Jesus, and they are being filled with the Holy Ghost. There is no need for us to get back to that old-time religion, because we have always had it, and we have never abandoned it. Let us begin now the reading of the Word by turning to Hebrews 4, 12-13. It reads, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. I'm sure you have heard the phrase, anything worth doing is worth doing well. When applying the word of God in our personal lives, we should view it as being very beneficial for us. We make time for our work and make time for our vacation. We allow time for our busy schedules to do physical exercise because it is beneficial to achieve good health. So why can't we make time for the Lord? And if we desire to serve the Lord, is there a desire to do it right? Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 33-34, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Having the mind of Christ makes serving the Lord much easier. In fact, it is done with joy. When God's concerns become yours, when the causes of the house of God becomes your causes, when making sacrifices for the sake of the gospel is no longer a burden or necessity, but a fruit of generosity and kindness, serving with reverence becomes easy. However, I have seen the other side of the coin as well. When saints struggle within themselves about keeping God's instructions and eventually fail, when they are unable to separate themselves from fully from the world and dwell in compromise. Luke tells us, remember Lot's wife. The word of God is described as a tool that will probe to the deepest thoughts and intents. Nothing can be hid, nor anything derived to deceive him. Motives are clearly seen as well as choices that will be made to the point that Jesus knows the decisions of a person before that person exits from the womb. This is what God is all about. Paul said, all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we had to do. God knew Esau would reverence his birthright before he came out of the womb. All the kings of Israel were promised great success on the condition they upheld the statutes and commandments of the Lord. They were given a chance to reverence the God of their fathers. However, they failed, and everyone suffered for it. When God called Jeremiah into the ministry, 
It was purposed from the beginning. We read in Jeremiah 1, 4 to 5, Then the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Before I formed thee in thy belly, I knew thee. And before thou camest forth out of the womb, I sanctify thee. And I ordain thee a prophet unto the nations. Yes, God knows all things. Genesis records the creation of man. God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Thus, man came upon the scene as God's masterpiece, and not by evolution. And the Lord called unto Adam, Where art thou? The correlation between the conversations God had with Adam and Eve in the garden, and then with Peter and with the rest of the disciples on the coast of Caesarea Philippi, is God's ongoing effort to bring mankind to repentance. God's people should be found with holy hands, holy feet, and with holy conversations at the minimum. John 6, 63 says, It is the spirit that quickeneth, the flesh buffeteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. In the last days, Jesus will manifest himself to the body of Christ in greater measures. You may ask, how will he do it and what do I look for? The evidence of Jesus' return is very evident. The signs are in the heavens above and in the earth beneath. It is in the heart of man whose hatred against all that is good is rampant. It is in the incontinent lust of man who thirsts after ungodliness. It is in the very creations that seem to relentlessly plague the earth with frequent storms, hurricanes, tidal waves, and floods of an unanticipated magnitude. It is in the prosperity of men that leads them to be more self-reliant, thus estranging themselves from God. We read in Hebrews 12, 28-29, Wherefore, we receiving a kingdom which cannot be moved, let us have grace whereby we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. David tells us holy and reverent is his name. If God were sanctified in our hearts, we would not do anything that would cause us to deviate from his word. Spirit-filled preachers who are blessed with the knowledge of the word of God and of a discerning spirit will provide the instructions in righteousness that we might be found complete in him. We learn from the scriptures that there are two classes of people in this world those who are saved and those who are lost, those who have trusted and identified themselves with Christ and those who have rejected him, those who are on the road to the kingdom of God and eternal life and those who are on the road to hell and eternal separation. The mystery of iniquity is already at work. Many have chosen the path of sin and in some of these have progressively drawn them farther away from the Lord. One night, while Jesus rested about from being about his father's business, a very prominent man came to see him. He was a man of position, authority, influence, education, and likened to Saul of Tarsus, a Pharisee. But in spite of his profound knowledge of the scriptures, hearing and seeing Jesus left him in awe. When he heard about Jesus and of his wonderful works, this man could not help but inquire. What he saw were miracles not done since the days of Elijah. The dead were raised to life, the withered hand made whole, the blind eyes were made to see again, and those that were sick of the palsy leaped and jumped for joy. The emptiness was evident and painful, and thus Nicodemus said with himself, maybe this Jesus of Nazareth will have some answers for me. 
Let us read of this meeting between God and man in John 3, 1-2. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. In the heart, Nicodemus found the road to righteousness and was about to begin the journey to the kingdom of God. The content of his conversation indicated that he had participated in previous discussions concerning Jesus. For Nicodemus said, We know that thou art a teacher come from God. Though alone and in the concealment of darkness, Nicodemus was not alone. Accompanying him on this meeting with Jesus were all the doubts and fears and reservations and false accusations of mankind. In his heart, these were refuted because of the miracles Jesus performed. Let us continue reading in verse 3, 4. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time to his mother's womb and be born? In John 3, 5, Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. I cannot allow myself to be presumptuous and say to you this morning, baptism is not necessary. Based on the example of the thief on the cross, the thief was one of the few exceptions Jesus made regarding the rapture and resurrection from the dead. It would even compound the confusion if I would say to you that baptism is an option but not a necessity. But I would tell you with confidence and with strong conviction, water baptism is essential to salvation. It was the words of Jesus, and he set the pattern for us to follow when he himself was baptized in the river Jordan by his cousin John. Millennia have passed between God's question to Adam in the Garden of Eden and Jesus' conversation with the disciples on the coast of Caesarea Philippi. His compassion toward mankind continues today, but the time is at hand. This ministry of reconciliation enables men to regain the image of God, that is to say, his righteousness. Jesus said, you must be born again. And he emphasized the word must. Now we find Peter on the day of Pentecost, who is now filled with the Holy Ghost. Ten days earlier, well on the Mount of Olives, Peter and the others were commanded to return to Jerusalem and tarry for the Spirit. While Jesus spoke those words, he blessed them and was translated to heaven. Read in Acts 2, 36, 37. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know surely that God had made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Isn't it wonderful that when we ask the Lord a question about something as serious as salvation, He gives us a very clear answer. A man must be born again because there is an indifference between man's nature and God's. Although man was created in holiness, man chose to sin. Man who is now born into sin lives in sin and walks in sin. In contrast, God is sinless, perfect, spotless, blameless, and complete in righteousness. Be assured there is no place in heaven reserved for an unrepentant sinner. Let us continue reading Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now this is the Peter who denied the Lord three times when Jesus was being tried, and upon realizing his failure, he wept bitterly. But now we see him with boldness and courage to stand up in the face of the multitudes proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God. You might ask, what is the bond of the Spirit? It is the same as the gift of the Holy Ghost? 
John recorded the response of Jesus while Jesus was speaking to the Jews. He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. The answer to your question is that it is one and the same. The Bible's confirmation of one having received the gift of the Holy Ghost is the speaking in an unknown tongue. Let us read in Acts 2, 4. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God manifested himself powerfully, both, both believer and unbeliever, on the day of Pentecost. To the believers, it was confirmation of their faith. To the unbelievers, it was a sign that God is very much alive. On that day, God poured out his Spirit. He took hold of their tongues, thus filling them with the Holy Ghost. He further manifested himself by making them vessels with interpretation, and thus revealing the wonderful works of God. Of greater significance is the fact that they spoke in the various languages of the inhabitants of Jerusalem. Just imagine, these were upper Galileans, common people, and speaking as scholars. None could escape this demonstration of power. No one could leave Jerusalem and not hear what God had to say. Let us read in Acts 4.12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. TV viewers, Salvation is such a simple matter if you believe. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3.21, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The question is, will you be ready to hear those words come up hither when Jesus returns for his own? We should never be found in contempt when standing before the Lord. Just as a judge in the court of law maintains order and respect for his authority, how much more will Jesus do, he who is the creator of heaven and earth? Let us consider the call of Moses. Reading Exodus 3, 1-5. Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither. Put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Our relationship with God is achieved and maintained through holiness. We may hear and see of the glory of God, but to experience it and to be, part, be a part of it must be done in a manner approved and sanctioned by God. Though Moses was born and preserved for a purpose, and though he was set apart to do God's bidding, he was not yet perfect in the eyes of God. Moses saw the bush furiously aflame with fire, but not being consumed. Being intrigued by this phenomenon, he curiously approached the bush, but was suddenly challenged by a voice from the bush. God called out to Moses, and he humbly said, Here am I. When God called for Moses, he could not approach the Lord in an ordinary manner. Certain criteria had to be met first. When these conditions were met, then was the glory of the Lord bestowed upon him. 
God is able to speak to us through dreams, visions, similitude, and through the mouth of his prophets. Thus God chose to reveal himself to Moses through a burning bush. The fire typified the Holy Ghost, a fire that does not burn, likened to the bush that was not consumed but preserved. So are we when God's Spirit is dwelling within us. Moses' instruction were to remove his shoes, for the place where he stood was holy ground. This should be a reminder for every sincere believer each time they go to the house of God. It is holy ground. God desired a house specifically for his name and a spirit to dwell therein. Therefore, each time we enter it, it should be with reverence. The altar of prayer, the pulpit, the choir loft, the individual peers are all part of God's house. The members of the congregation are the ones whom God has saved from this lost and dying world. Therefore, it must be nurtured as little children who await the return of the Lord. We turn to and read Psalms 89, 7 verse. God is great to be feared in the assembly of the saints and to be held in reverence of all them that are about him. We find it a privilege each time I stand behind the pulpit reading God's word to the congregation. When I look at the congregation, I see God's people, a people who are subjected to the perils of this life. But uphold the bloodstained banner with courage and boldness. I see the faithful saints who yearn for the coming of the Lord because they know in their hearts that this world is not their home. I see others who have yet to be perfect or to perfect their relationship with God with greater sensitivity to the word. And I pray daily that those saints will quickly make themselves right with the Lord as the time draws nigh to the coming of the Lord. And it is very evident that the days are shortened for the very elect's sake. The desire and concern for the saints to go all the way with the Lord is overwhelming. Just as it is with the Lord, that all men will come to repentance. When Jesus prayed in the garden of Gethsemane, his sweat was as great drops of blood, thus indicating the sincerity of his prayers. An angel sent from heaven sat alongside him, strengthening him and anticipating the anguish and agony of the cross. Jesus prayed more earnestly. I do not claim to have ever prayed with the intensity like unto Jesus. However, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Many sacrifices have been made, and many lives have been dedicated, and many tears in prayer have been shed in the gospel. Work. Thus, anything that would mar the image and purpose of the house of God will be strongly opposed. This is what reverencing the house of the Lord is, that all things be done decently and in order to the glory of the Lord. When God called Joshua, it was for the purpose of succeeding Moses because he was becoming stricken with age. Joshua had proven his worth throughout his life, not knowing what lay ahead of him. By remaining alongside Moses, no matter how severe and adverse that situation may have been, it showed that he was able to take instructions 
and that his loyalty to the Lord was unquestionable. Being one of the spies that returned from Canaan, he acknowledged the wealth of the land, and though the enemy was great in strength and stature, God was greater. Thus God rewarded him with entry into the promised land. We read in Numbers 27, 16-17, Let the Lord, the God of the spirits of all flesh, set a man of the congregation, which may go out before them, and which may go in before them, and which may lead them out, and which may bring them in, that the congregation of the Lord be not as sheep which have no shepherd. Thus Moses ordained Joshua before all of the people, and gave him charge as God commanded, because Joshua was a man in who is the Spirit. As you can see, serving the Lord with reverence is both required and rewarding. Now, if you would like to know more about God's Word and the church and review our telecast presentation in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of His hands. Before we conclude our program this morning, the church band will play their final number entitled, Where He Leads, I'll Follow.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.